Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Cariad Lloyd. Griefcast is a place to talk, share and laugh about the peculiar human process of death and grief. Each week I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey Griefsters, I hope you're having an okay week wherever you are listening and that you are coping with the cold and dark if you are listening in the Northern Hemisphere where we're getting very wintry indeed. And yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for your lovely words about this season, season 10, I still can't believe it. Um, I will say, as I've been saying for a while, just because it's it's what I've been working on for the past three years. The book, You Are Not Alone, is out very soon. It's out January the 19th, 2023. You can pre-order it now. Please do pre-order. It makes a huge difference to authors like myself. It all counts towards the first week of sales and it just makes all the bookshops take notice if, if people pre-order. So if you think you're going to buy it anyway, please do pre-order. I'll be so, so grateful. And we're having a book launch as well at Earth in Hackney on January the 17th. If you head to Fane Productions, F-A-N-E, Fane Productions, you can get tickets. And I will be interviewed by Fee Glover, um, the amazing Fee Glover of... Um, formerly of Fortunately Podcast, now of Times Radio Off Air with um, Jane Garvey. Brilliant podcast that I love so much. The new one and the old one. Big fans of both of them. So head towards Fame Productions to get tickets for that. This week is, well, they're all special episodes, but this week, I don't know, it feels pretty special. And I am going to give a trigger warning just to warn you, this episode is about child loss, specifically baby loss. This week I am talking to the very incredible Charlotte Bennett. Charlotte is the co-artistic director of the award-winning theatre company Payne's Plough. They're a touring theatre company, they support new writing, they've produced some incredible works of theatre over the years and um, they're absolutely brilliant. Charlotte got in touch with me as she has had quite the journey from grief. 
yeah, I almost don't know where to begin, really, with what Charlotte has had to go through. Charlotte's baby, Margot, died just 24 hours after she was born. Um, she was born 42 weeks, and you'll hear Charlotte explain she died from an infection. Uh, she was alive for a day, and Charlotte talks about that so beautifully in this episode, about wanting to celebrate that and... Yeah, and to acknowledge that and to mean that she was here, she did live, and um, it really is such such a poignant conversation. And Charlotte also, very briefly, after losing Margot, mere months, um, lost her mum to pancreatic cancer. Her mum, Alicia, uh, she was only 68, and we talk a lot about how crap pancreatic cancer is. Charlotte is not alone in this episode. She is joined at the very end by her niece, Illy. Um, Charlotte and Illy had had a lot of conversations about grief and Charlotte really wanted Illy to come in and talk to me about grief and share some of the conversations and the thoughts that she had had about grief. So this episode is really, yeah, it was really special. It's one of the first in, in real life ones I've done since the pandemic and it was a real privilege to get in the room with Charlotte and Illy and talk about Margot and Alicia and a lot of other people who they had lost in their family in the past few years. Um, it's As ever, it's not always an easy listen, but it is a really important one, I think, in terms of baby loss and in terms of supporting anyone you might know who's been through, you know, what is not an uncommon experience. And just a really, I felt really lucky that Charlotte came in to share Margot's story with us and um, and her mum, Alicia, as well. And thank you to Illy, who, yeah, is, I should say, is only seven. And as you will hear, is incredibly eloquent and talented. And um, it was really lovely to speak to them both. Um, at the end, I'll be mentioning this again. They do have a fundraising page, um, which you can donate to. The Margot Alicia Bennett Brighter Future Fund, they set up to raise money for Great Ormond Street hospital so i just want to mention that link in case you don't get to the end it's www.justgiving.com forward slash team forward slash margot m-a-r-g-o-t please do give if you can afford to spare some pennies for great ormond street here's charlotte so charlotte who are we remembering today so it's a little bit complicated this <laughs> <laughs> is my life um so we're remembering my daughter, Margot Alicia Bennett, who died on the 3rd of July, 2021. But then seven months after my daughter died, we found out my mum had pancreatic cancer, which I know you know all too well. <sighs> and, it's the shit um, one. It's the <laughs> shit one, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, because I've got to be obsessed with listening to the podcast. I mean, I think I've listened to every episode now, actually. Yeah, I'm a bit of a weird mega fan. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was really like, oh no. <laughs> you know, oh, I feel, no. I feel like, but, no, but in a good way, you know, in a way, it's probably useful to be I prepped you. prepared. Yeah, so seven months after Margot died, my mum, Alicia Bennett. So. Oh, so she was Alicia Bennett and Margot was Margot Alicia yes, Bennett, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah okay. My mum was my best friend, so she was Aww. named after my mum. And she died four months after her diagnosis, which was yeah. on the 30th of June, 2022. <gasps> so that was two days before Margot's first anniversary. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so there. Yeah. Um, and, and I was thinking about this on the way here because I was going, I know if my mum was here, she'd go, oh, Charlotte, talk about Margot, not me. <laughs> Make it about you. You were going to talk about Margot because when we, when we first spoke, yeah. that was the original plan. And then kind of one of the reasons why it obviously all got delayed was I went, oh, my goodness, my mum's 
My mum's yeah, got Yeah, you whole first thing. contacted me to talk about Margot and we were like, absolutely, let's, let's make this happen. And one of the reasons we we were excited to do this is we have someone else who's going to join yes. us in a minute <laughs> who is your niece, yeah. Illy, who is seven yeah. years old. Yeah. And you wrote to me and you said, well, Illy and I have been having these amazing conversations about grief and death yeah. and I would like to capture these yeah. yeah and I was yeah. like wow yes that sounds amazing and then yeah I got an email from you saying oh my mum's been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer yeah and yeah I was obviously very much like take your time <laughs> take yeah. your time yeah this is yeah and I will get I get in trouble for saying it's a shit one because obviously all cancers are shit yes but yeah. it is the reason I say it's a shit one is it tends not to have any symptoms yeah and so yeah. people by the time yeah, she you had find no it, symptoms yeah, yeah it was like it out completely out the blue yeah, just completely out of the blue. Oh. And she was 68 um, when she died and she was completely healthy. Oh. <laughs> and then just went yellow one day. And then... Wow, we, that's exactly what happened to my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just went yellow. And everyone was like, yeah. well, that's not right, is yeah. it? <laughs> you shouldn't be yellow. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and oh. it, yeah. And Margot was born at Homerton Hospital. Mm. And my mum was diagnosed at Homerton Hospital. Oh, Lord. So it's all very... Um, who were amazing in both cases, I should say that. Absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, just... just a, a year you know and 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 although we're not here to talk about these two people as well I should mention that there were two other people I feel like I'm, I'm laughing nervously because I'm like surely people think I'm making this up but there were two <laughs> other people close to me that also died this year so oh, my mother-in-law Mary Armstrong yes. and um my auntie Dorothy Moroni so they both died in April this year as well but we haven't got time to talk about it. Yeah. But they're all welcome. They're getting, all welcome. Yeah, they're all here. Everybody's welcome. Yeah. I'm aiming to do a Kayla Llewellyn and get back on. <laughs> come back, come back. <laughs> yeah. But, um, um, yeah, I should give so them a So let's mention. start with Margot. So you, yeah. she died in 2021. Yes. So you were pregnant in 2020. Yes. I'm guessing full lockdown yeah, situation. Yeah, lockdown pregnancy, yeah. Which, yeah, must have been... And it was that was your first pregnancy. First yeah. 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 So that must have been tricky in itself. And then would you mind talking about what happened? How did Margot yeah. die? Yeah, so she she was a full term baby. She was actually almost forty two weeks when she was well, born. She yeah. did not want to come out. Um, <laughs> and I went into so everything was seemingly fine. I had a very straightforward pregnancy. It was very much like oh yeah, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. See you on the induction day if if you don't come before. And I went into labour and had a very very quick labour. So my labour was like three hours wow. from start to finish, from first contraction to baby out. Oh my god! And for a first baby, yeah, <clears> I'm told that's, that's crazy. And when I went into Homerton, she was born sort of 20 minutes after I arrived. Um, wow. So, <laughs> so very very speedy. And and I didn't know anything was wrong. Or we didn't. Me and Alan, my partner, didn't know anything was wrong until I was in the active labour part. I was pushing. Yeah. And they said her heart's decelerating, and we're, we need to get this baby out. And oh. They they sort of said, you know, I think they were debating whether to give me a C-section because I could hear them going, oh, you know, what do we do here? This baby needs to come out quickly. And I remember the, the doctor looked at me and she said, this baby's coming now, isn't she? And I said, yeah, she's coming now. Like, I was like, she is, she's yeah. halfway out. And they said, okay, well, the only job you've got to do is to push. And <laughs> I remember Alan had a Lucozade. And I just turned to Alan and I went, Lucozade. <laughs> and he, he passed his Lucozade. I just did a massive swing of the Lucozade. And then honestly just pushed for my life, you know, because I was like, this baby's in trouble. Get the baby out. Um, and honestly, after about three pushes, she she was delivered. Wow. And um, the, only, the first time, I was thinking about this on the way here, the first time I really knew something was wrong was they held her up and I thought they were bringing her towards me. Oh. And instead they were cutting the cord and I remember thinking oh I put right down on my little birth preferences yeah, thing I wanted Alan that. to cut the cord yeah, or whatever it was yeah. and then I think it just sort of dawned on me okay something's not right here and they didn't bring her towards me they took her over to a 
table where they resuscitated her. So I was watching that happen and and just and again I think maybe I don't know the adrenaline of giving birth and you know wishful thinking I don't know but I thought it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine and then it just all started to take a long time and they had a little time they have a time on where the the baby's put and it was at 19 minutes and I could see she was they were still working on her oh Charlotte Um, and so then very quickly they were like okay we need to stitch you up (laughs) so they were stitching me up whilst she was being resuscitated in the room because of the kind of what to do everything very quickly and this doctor came over to talk to me and he was the only doctor that sort of messed it up really yeah. in, in his communication and actually to be fair to him I know from a whole investigation went on that afterwards he went away and he went oh my god I'd, he went straight to his supervisor and said I, I completely messed this up I don't know why I did this like so you know everyone's able to make mistakes and learn from him so yeah. um, but still it still leaves a, yeah it you, was very yeah. yeah he walked over to me and he said I'm very sorry to tell you this is while I'm having my vagina stitched up I'm very sorry to tell you that your baby has brain damage and I just like, oh okay. my God. and he said and we, we don't and he was sort of panicking and I could feel the panic in his voice and he's going we don't know what you know to what degree we don't know whether this will be learning difficulties or cerebral palsy or what? and you're literally having your vagina stitched up like yeah, what yeah. and the you woman doing take... my stitches I could see her looking up at him being like, like shut up mate leave <laughs> yeah. it walk away yeah. just like just stop what you're doing yeah and, start and, again and I just kept turning to Alan and going what, what's he saying what's he saying and, and I, we were just dumbfounded and then you're in such um, a state at that point. Yeah. You're in such a state and people could say anything to you. You don't know... You're, it, 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 yeah. It's such a weird place to be having yeah. a human removed from you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like how can you take anything Yeah, in? and he just... And he sort of went, you know, it could be really bad or it could be not so bad and we need to go and put her in a in a, in a induced coma sort of thing. And and then they took her out of the room. So oh I, so God, I just, just... Just all kind of a whirlwind. And Alan called my mum and she came in and... And and then Alan went to go and see Margot, and and it was when he came back in the room, and he just said, "Oh, it's not good, Chas." And Alan's a very positive person, yeah. and I and I just knew, you know, something's not right here. And yeah. she spent the day sort of fighting off what turned out to be a very severe infection oh. that she'd got right at the end of her life, um, and the, and uh, also she'd passed meconium, you know, the baby's oh, first poop, yeah, yeah. and then she'd inhaled it all, and she just had this combination of things that had just assaulted her. Oh. And she 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 was kind of fluctuating throughout the day in the intensive care unit, and then she just kind of really deteriorated. So they transferred her to Great Ormond Street for a process called ECMO, where they sort of take the blood out and cleanse it and put it back wow. in. And, and it's very obviously for a less than one day old baby, a very intense procedure. But they said we think this is one thing that could might help. Yeah. So we went in a high speed ambulance, me, Alan, and Margot, after I've just given birth, like <laughs> sixteen Fucking hours hell. ago. To, to Great Ormond Street um, and by the time she got there she just wasn't in a she wasn't able to have it because she was, she was not yeah, well enough so she wasn't going to survive it so um, they said to us we could go and be with her when she died and I'd never touched her at this point so I'd never oh my god yeah so the first time I, I um, held her was as she died um, yeah so she, she just yeah it was she died just one day old she was just past one day old yeah and my mum was there my mum managed to make it in and you know they say people still hang on yeah (laughs) they said to her she's got minutes (laughs) and they said but call your family and I called my brother and my sister my mum were all really really close and I said you know this is happening come but don't rush because she's maybe got minutes and she carried on for about an hour and as as they arrived she she then started to to die um 
so I I held her she died and, and that was the first time I held her and I just and it was so I just really felt she needed a cuddle from her mum oh <laughs> yeah of course she did oh yeah. my god um, of course she needed a journey. cuddle from and, her um, and and the the hardest thing, or well not the hardest thing, that's such a ridiculous thing to say. One of the difficult things was that she, we didn't know what happened to her because she'd baffled all the doctors. You know, they were like, "We wow. don't understand. We're just throwing everything at it. Every antibiotic, yeah. anti, every antiviral." And but we just we can't seem to get on top of this thing. And so they had to do post mortem, and then they had to we had to go to an inquest. Oh God! Um, which was only in February this year. So it was kind of so it was only in February we fully got the full picture that she caught an infection just before I went into labour. Like they said, it it set in no more than twenty four hours before I went into labour, and it was travelling up the umbilical cord, and it would have triggered a response from me, so I would have created an immune response, or I'd have I'd have been aware, but I wasn't well because it had not reached me yet, and in that gap, I went into labour, and it, and then she we had a very quick labour, which panicked her more. So they said oh. quick labour's good, but it's not <laughs> always good, and um and then she'd passed meconium, so it was like this kind of a they just said it was a catastrophic combination of all these different things that just yeah got her and poor thing yeah it's so rough isn't yeah. it like yeah just such a horrible this 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 like yeah i did a grief class ages ago with um sophie black whose mum died and she was saying like when they were trying to figure out i think i'm pretty sure she had lung cancer but hadn't smoked you know and mm. everyone was trying to work out quite what happened and she went to see a consultant and she was looking for this answer. You know, what's the answer? And the mm. consultant said, look, human beings are spider webs. Yeah. And it's not one thing. It's like one yeah. little thing knocks that web down, that spine, and that goes and that mm. goes. And, and she's like, then it collap- it collapses. Mm. But it's mm. it's very hard for what we want, we want in Western answers. medicine is like, <laughs> this is the thing that did it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah, you're always looking for, for logic because, other, because yeah. yeah. And so it's yeah. just really hard when it's something, like you said, just a terrible, catastrophic Yeah traumatic circumstances and I think also like it's what was strange is as her mum being the you know she caught an infection in my body yeah and that I found I was reading back a journal that I'd written just after she died and just the level of self-hatred I had and still have somewhere I have to say it's just not like and now it's sorted but you know I've had some therapy and stuff is shifting but like the level of self-loathing hatred I had for myself and blame just immediately and I remember when they said she was going to die at Great Ormond Street and me and Alan went through the first, as we walked over to her on the bed, I remember both of us just going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it was like just vomiting out of us. Like we couldn't, so we just kept going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And we didn't even know what we were sorry for, you know, because we were just going, we're your parents and and you're not... It was, yeah, it was incredibly traumatic and um, and just such a shock, you know. Yeah. And, um, and I think one of the reasons why I want to talk about it is because I find that when a baby dies so young... And when they spend most of their life dying, yeah, the only thing people can focus on is the fact they've died, and yeah. and so they don't talk about them ever having lived, and and I think that's a real shame in like Western culture. And I think it's 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 it makes it makes it very difficult for for you as parents because it's it's like denying their existence somehow. Yeah, yeah. When people some people have still family members, um, some people at work, not my my main team, but other people and um, and friends. Some of them have just never acknowledged it because I just don't think they know how to and I think someone said to me and I thought this is so true like you're you're kind of every parent's worst nightmare (laughs) and I was like oh yeah like I've had neighbours cross the street after she died because they just I could see them catch my eye and think oh I don't know what to say to her so they just cross the street and 
But for me, it's quite disrespectful as well because I go, Margot lived, Margot had a life and I want to honour her life. Yeah. And it might have been 24 hours long, but she still lived and she still existed and she has a birth certificate and she has a death yeah, certificate like yeah. we'll all have. And yeah, that's important. And I think just trying to talk about babies that have died, I think is is really important to acknowledge that they lived, not just that they died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I interviewed um, Rob Delaney a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I've not brought myself to write, <laughs> write um, all his book yet, but I will. I've read the article. You though. of all people may take a break from that. You don't need <laughs> to read that straight yeah. away. But yeah, he was saying, we were talking about that, if you know. And we talk about it a lot on the show. People just find it so hard. They don't know mm. what to say. But he said, um, really what you're asking is four seconds. Four seconds. Exactly. Of yes. like, I want to say, how are you? Well, this happened. Yeah. And I need, yeah. I need you to give me four seconds yeah. of... I'm sorry about that. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, if you can't fucking give me four yeah. seconds. Uh, yes. Yes. And I brought up on the on the chat at the I interviewed him at the South Bank Centre, which it isn't a grief cast. Lots of listeners were like, Oh great, can't um, wait to hear it. And I was like, No, no, it's not a grief cast, it was a, it was for his book. Um I brought up another episode um with death doula Anna Lyons, who's this amazing woman who's part of life, death, whatever, mm-hmm. death positive movement. And she described it really well of like what you're saying when you don't give four seconds mm-hmm. is your pain so unbearable. Mm-hmm. Mm, that mm, I can't mm, even be near mm, it mm. which means you must bear it alone yeah and yeah, that is like the yeah. most to have to lose yeah your baby to have your baby die after 24 hours that's awful yeah but to then have other people go well I won't be near you to not acknowledge that it, yeah yeah it, like you said as to the isolation the already the self-loathing yeah. that's already there it may, you're adding more shit yeah. to the yeah. awful situation and yeah. I get it. Like, I get it. It's not easy to talk about. It's hard. It's yeah, hard. Yeah. And it's painful. And it makes you hold your breath. And it makes yeah. you want to grab your children. And, yeah, and yeah. you know, all of that stuff is, is understandable. But, yeah, if you can give four seconds yeah. of, like, God, and I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's no wrong thing to say, but yeah. just to say something. And yeah. and at Margot's funeral, I spoke at her funeral. And, and one of the reasons why I did that was because I thought... It, it, an adult's funeral you would do a eulogy where you talk yeah. about their life yeah. and I want to do that for Margot because I knew her life better than anyone yeah. and her life was short but it, yeah. it happened and I talked about the things she achieved in her life oh. and and I, and I said and I said at the beginning you know we can spend our lives we will spend our lives going thinking of you know oh this will be the time she'll be at school or this be, of course we'll do that but I don't want to sit here and, and just talk about the, those yeah. lost moments and the fact she's died I want to talk about the fact she lived and I want to share with you some things she did in her 24 hours alive because oh. she did quite a lot she was quite busy <laughs> and um and that's why I love talking to my niece about her because my niece just talked the first thing I mean she's come up with some it's interesting because obviously it's sort of a year or so ago and um and so, so she's 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 changed now because obviously kids change very quickly. But some of the things she you know one of the first things she asked me was, like literally this was like the day for one of the first days I saw her. She said, "Chaz, um, she calls me Auntie Chaz. When <laughs> um when you uh when Margot was alive, I know she only lived for a day, but um did she get to eat anything on that day like pasta? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just love the idea of her, like quick you know fitting in a quick spag bowl in between her, um, antibiotics. But and and you know she'd asked me what she was wearing and what she was like and didn't just talk about the fact she, I mean she did ask a lot of questions about her dying she asked, she asked me what she looked like when she died she yeah. asked me what re- the room was like in that she died and stuff like that but she but she also asked a lot about her life and what she was doing and if I heard her laugh and if I heard her cry and oh. things like that I suppose and we talked about this actually with Rob Delaney that children don't have the etiquette built in yet <laughs> yeah. 
or oh, I shouldn't or this will be more painful and so they ask actually questions that everybody want, wonders exactly of like yes. oh I wonder what it was like yeah. when that happened <laughs> oh, I can't ask her that and and like you said it's interesting because the, the politeness ends up denying Margot yes yes and ends up being yeah. like well I, I mustn't say were you were you dressed when you held her? Were yeah. you, what was she wearing? Yeah. And what was the yeah. room warm? Like, what, did they look after you? Like, because yeah. well, I can't possibly ask her that. Like, yeah. and obviously, you've got to be sensitive. <laughs> yeah, of children course, get yeah. away with more stuff than adults <laughs> yeah. can. But it is that thing of like, what are you? Yeah, I wrote about this in my book as well. Like, what what are you hiding from, and mm. what are you protecting mm. yourself mm. from? Mm. Like, that's really what those questions exactly are sometimes. Yeah. And so you go, oh, I'd like to know that, but I'm afraid, so I'm not going to ask. Yeah, that. and I do understand that as well. Yeah, I yeah. kind of go, I I can't really remember the person I was before Margot. Yeah, but I probably was. I probably was a bit of that, you know. And and I, so it's not like I'm not empathetic to that, yeah. and, and I don't go, oh, you know, how dare they? But I I I suppose that's why I like to talk about because I like to try and get the message out. Like, say something. Like you said, yeah. Bob, Bob Delaney said you know say something just fucking say something and it's by not saying something it's much because it just sits in the space between you and that person you you turn up there's people who saw me and I'd be you know really heavily pregnant the next time I see me they know I've said to them my baby's died this is what she was called this is how she died I'm very open about talking about it and they've just not said anything to me so I've even tried to set the tone and they've not gone you know, they're just not. Yeah, you've opened the door. You've, yeah. you've said, "Look, yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, I'm not like I'm the person not mentioning it." Yeah, like. I've kind of gone, you know, and I and I want to talk about because she was my daughter, and so I'll always want to talk about her. Yeah. Um, but then you, you know, for you to not even go, like if if she'd lived, you'd, I'm not saying we'd have had a you know full on blown chat about it. But you'd probably <laughs> said, "Oh, congratulations on your baby. How's yeah. it going? Yes, yeah, going all right, thanks." You know, but to just ignore the fact that she ever lived, I find very very difficult because she did live, and yeah. she, you know, she had a whole life. <laughs> It was very short, but she had she had one. Yeah. And even I think as well, what you're, you're just discussing is existence, isn't it? Really, because mm. you know there are babies that are born or, or who have already died in that process. Yes, yeah. And I know sometimes it's referred to as born sleeping, and but it's like you're denying that it happened, that yes, they were there, yes. and that's that weird thing about pregnancy, isn't it? And and I, you know, obviously there's that bit where no one knows you're pregnant and it you know but but you you know yeah you know and yeah. you like you said you carried her for all that time and you got to that bit where she was yeah a full baby it was like that yeah that looks like a baby <laughs> yeah she was she was seven pound eight she was chunky she had double chin <laughs> so i was a bit addicted to chocolate yogurts <laughs> you know she was she was she was a you look at pictures of her and she's yeah. really big you know she's a she's and when she's and that was another thing Ellie said to which made me howl with laughter. She was looking at photos on my phone and she went, oh, you know, she does look better when she's dead, doesn't she, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, but I know what she means because she's not got her tubes in. She's, yeah. She just looks like she's asleep. She weirdly looks better when she's dead. She actually does. She looks like she's got more colour. That sounds really messed yeah. up. I remember going to see her in the morgue at Great Ormond Street and going, oh, she looks better than last time I saw her. But she's been dead two days, oh, which is God. mad. What's interesting is and yeah maybe in terms of my mum but like I feel like I really felt like a difference in her when she was alive to when she was dead and that's on but even though I didn't get to know her her character much on the outside she does look quite different and I think you do yeah (laughs) look quite different when you're dead I think when your soul's gone I felt like her soul had gone even though I didn't get to know it that much but I felt that definitely more with my mum but because I knew her better obviously that's interesting isn't it because I've seen a few dead bodies and I know that feeling of like when they're dead you're like, oh wow, they're gone. They've gone. Really gone. Yes. And of course, why not? Would a, why wouldn't a baby have yeah. the same yeah. thing? Because we use the word baby like it's not 
Margot. Like, yeah, why wouldn't yeah. Margot be the same yeah. as someone who was breathing and now isn't breathing? And yeah. that 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 them that bit of them isn't in the body anymore. Yeah, and that's what you see when someone's dead. Yeah, a, an adult is dead. It's just easy to recognise because you know them more. Alive. Yeah, you've got such a comparison of like, oh, I know they're, they yeah. are, they sound like this. They or don't they, look like that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah. It, yeah, it's obviously a brand new person that you're yeah. just meeting. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they're not, their Margonus is not. Yeah, exactly. It's not in the body anymore, in their body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Charlotte. I mean, it's just, what a fuck. What a yeah. fucking <laughs> to deal with. Yeah. That is just. And then, so that happened in July. July, yeah, 21. 21. So, yeah, not So you obviously hit this, like you said, this incredible grief, self-loathing, just, yeah, I mean, I'm sure anyone can imagine how awful that was. Mm. And then four months later? Seven months. So Seven months later. In the February of 2022, so we just had Margot's inquest, and it was two weeks after Margot's inquest, when I felt like... It's not like you go, oh, I've had an inquest now, I can move on. <laughs> but it, those are markers in the sand, I think, yeah. of, of going, I've, I've, I've concluded everything I'm going to know about her story. I've asked every question there is to know. And, and I understand as much as I'm ever going to understand about why she died, because we don't have all the answers. But um, And then my mum, yeah, she, she visited London. She lives in Yorkshire, where I grew up. And um, she visited, she was staying with my sister. She's looking after Illy and Rex, uh, my niece and nephew. And she just said to her, she said to her she'd had a bitter backache. She'd said it to my sister, she hadn't said it to me. Yeah, <laughs> My yeah. sister's the eldest, so I felt a bit like she'd kind of, and then my sister had immediately texted me and my brother going, oh, have you heard, mum's got a bit of backache. <laughs> um, <laughs> because we just share everything in our family. And um, and she'd said, oh, I might go to the doctors because I just sort of feel like it's not really going away. And But it, definitely nothing to write home about, you know. Yeah. Um, and then she came to stay with us and, and she just woke up one day and she her skin just looked quite yellow and her eyes yeah. looked quite yellow. And so... I said, well, me and my brother and my sister said, you know, I think we should go to A&E. So my sister took us to Homerton A&E. And I remember I was at a theatre at night with some friends and I went, I met my friend Freya on the South Bank and, and as soon as I saw her, I just burst into tears and I went, I think my mum's really, really unwell. And it was like I just knew, but then at the same time, I didn't know I was doing the anxiety thing because of what happened yeah, with Margot. Yeah. Just going, because I definitely have that now, like in such a ridiculous oh, way. God, of course I know you, you talk do. about this, like death anxiety, yeah. but mine is yeah, off the scale at the minute. Um, but I didn't have it so much after Margot in a way because it was so... I did, but not, you know, it was so freak. Um, and then I just... And my friend said, no, you know, the, the, wait and see. Like, it could be gallstones. Because yeah. I'd, I'd, you know, obviously Googled it. Googled so that's just the way yeah, my brain yeah. works. And I'd gone, oh, pancreatic cancer. Oh, God. Or, oh, gallstones, let's hope. And then I got a phone call on the way back. Uh, from my, I got a text actually from my sister saying, "Can you call me when you get off the tube?" Oh god! And it came through when I was at Finsbury Park Station, and I just fell to the floor, oh. and I just howled <laughs> on the tube. And this woman came over, and she was lovely, and she just gave me a tissue, and I just went, "I think my mum's really, really sick," and um, she just was like, "I'm really sorry, I'm oh. really sorry about that." and gave me a tissue and I remember I kept trying to hand she gave I, I, get, I took one tissue I kept trying to hand them back like she was like just take the tissues <laughs> I don't need them yeah. don't, you know what you know just, something you like, need them just today. weird moments you're like what was yeah. that and then I got off the tube among my sister and they said because my mum had, had to find out on her own because of Covid regulations oh, which frustratingly and so they'd said they'd found a mass in her pancreas and stuff in her liver yeah, and immediately I just went. I remember saying to my sister, "Oh, she's fucked. She's fucked. She's fucked." Like that. I just couldn't stop saying. It. She was like, "Charlotte, stop, stop, stop." And I was like, "She's fucked. She's fucked. She's fucked." Because also I had an, another friend whose mum had, had died of pancreatic cancer, yeah. and, and I just know like liver and etc. And I just went into meltdown. So me and my sister went to Homerton 
and my brother was on the phone he lives a bit further away and um uh and yeah it was they just said said it was extensive and it kind of spread already obviously and she was very um she was in herself she was like but i feel absolutely fine this is so weird i feel fine she's like i'm yellow but i don't feel anything yeah um and so then they had to do more investigation and very quickly they said it was inoperable because it was right around the blood vessels right. and um but they had said initially i think that's when we first spoke <laughs> and i was saying oh the university said they could have she could have chemo and that'll work for seven to eight months right and you're yeah. like that's good i was like yeah that's quite good yeah. <laughs> great great um but then she just got infections she kept getting infections yeah. and she had a stent put in and that then um, ended up with an E. coli infection. There's oh, a bit of a complication of that, they think. And then she that went septic. So she ended up being admitted to hospital with sepsis and oh, beginning God. of May. And we thought that like that was very much like touch and go at that point. You know, we don't know. Yeah. And, and then she kind of got better and then not better, but sort of recovered from the sepsis. And then we took her home to Yorkshire because by that point they'd said... They were signing her off, signing her off. <laughs> not what you say, yeah. releasing her. Well, yeah. but with like less than three months to live. Right. Um, they'd said she couldn't have chemo because she was too jaundiced, so she wasn't able. She wasn't going to be well enough. But they'd also said, you know, she's fit, she's healthy. Yeah. We don't know. Um, um, I went in the ambulance with her all the way back to Yorkshire. Wow. Um, which is the first time I've been in an ambulance since Margot. Oh, <laughs> so it's all kind of very connected. And and when we arrived that next morning, she started shaking again. She had sepsis again. So she got admitted to Leeds Hospital and she was there and then they just, by this infe- they just could, this infection would just not yeah. go and it was that alongside the cancer and and then she moved to a hospital, she got moved to St Gemma's Hospice in Leeds who were amazing and let me have my wedding there so she could see it. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to talk about this because you, again, yeah. we were emailing and you were like, so <laughs> she's in a hospice but because you were preparing for this wedding and that yeah. was obviously like, We've had a shit year. Now we're going to yeah, have this celebration. Yeah. We're going to have some goodness. And you had to move it forward by... Yeah, it was meant to be next May. Right. And then we moved it to the 25th of June. So my mum could be there. Yeah. And my mum, like, when she first got diagnosed, this is what makes me really sad, but, like, she said... Um, when I went into the A&E, she just said, I just want to see you get married and have babies. Oh. <laughs> and I said to her, Mum, you did see me have a baby. Yeah. And then I could see the fear in her eyes when I said that, a bit like, yeah. I said, well, I'm saying that because I don't know if I'll be able to have more babies. I don't yeah. know, if, you know, I can't tell you that. And so anyway, we moved the wedding. And then the week before the wedding, the hospital rang us five in the morning and said, your mum's had a really bad night. And we don't think, you think she's maybe on the last few days. And that was 18th of June. Oh, um, God. And I was like, God. So so we I said to Alan, my partner, my brother and my sister were there and I said, Right, just shove your wedding outfit. <laughs> it's in the back of the car and we'll go to I don't know what we're doing. It was like six in the morning. We drove to the hospital and then we were gonna get married in the hospital with a chaplain and they sort of arranged a chaplain to be there and then because they said she wasn't well enough to travel to the hospice at that right, point and yeah. then she sort of perked back up and went we think we can get her to the hospice let's get her to the hospice and they, they were brilliant and they got her to St Gemma's Hospice and as soon as we walked in the door the hospice staff said uh, here we've got a wedding today what time do you want to get married <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and I was like oh like an hour and they were like yeah great what do you need we're going to do your buffet we're going to get some decorations let us know where you want to do it and they settled my mum and then we just did it. We threw it on us in. Like, that's what I love about my family is that like, we just kind of make shit happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, against all the odds. And actually genuinely have a good time. And so we just went, right. So I got my friend Kim, who's amazing, to come and sing. She was singing at the wedding the next... the next. She got a photographer. This is all in like two hours. She managed to get a professional <laughs> photographer. She's a bit of a one-woman machine. 
and she came and sang and she brought some do- other decorations she brought my brother a guitar because my brother's a musician he did all the music my sister-in-law Lara stepped in as a celebrant so I was like you're the celebrant now we'd all do it in our vows that we were right, doing ourselves so we just did the whole thing in the hospice for my mum exactly as we'd do the week after I put my dress on my sister walked me down the aisle which was the hospice garden <laughs> and all the residents all these dying residents were like cheering us along. <laughs> It was so mad. It's like something from a Richard Curtis film. It, what, like, it was. It's just I remember being like, this is the most surreal thing. But also, a mate, it was it was happy. Yeah. I can't describe it. It was, and that's again, like, I feel like uh, my family, like, they, you know, we can really have happy and sad times side by side and they both can exist. And that's what it reminded me of. And my mum, my mum, they put flowers on my mum's bed and we did the whole thing in front of my mum. And we had photos and we had cake and you know and then like literally an hour after we got married my mum started to be a deteriorate and wow. they said stay in the room tonight so we slept on the floor in the hospice room then she just kind of kept going and she was holding out for the wedding for the 25th of oh, June wedding for the real the real deal <laughs> yeah she wanted to be there <laughs> the real deal she was and she made it she made it so she didn't make it to the actual venue because she was too unwell to travel but the morning of the wedding so I, we slept in the hospice me and my brother and my sister on this weird row of chairs it was really odd we like reverted back to being kids like yeah. I'm the middle child so I was in the middle and my brother <laughs> my sister and, and, and all those old dynamics come out you know and yeah. so we um, stayed with my mum every day we slept in a, on her floor hospice were amazing and then we on the wedding day I remember the night before my wedding day, the actual wedding day, going, oh, God, Mum, please don't die tonight. Please don't die tonight. Because I thought you've made it this far. Yeah, don't, don't die, don't like die the tonight. day before my wedding. And then I woke up and she just went, happy wedding day. Oh. <laughs> and it was like she'd walked, you know, she'd held on to see, I knew she had. And I could see how bloody pleased with herself she was. <laughs> she was she was really like, oh, uh, I'm now. Yeah, mate. What did I tell you? Yeah. What did I tell you? Yeah. I was going to be there. And she got her hair done two days before the wedding day. She said she wanted her hair done and, and all the hospice staff were like, okay. And then the doctor was like, this is for your wedding. She's preparing. And I was like, okay. But they're like, but we don't, you know, stuff can crash in. She's very ill. Yeah. But she just kept going. And, and on the wedding morning, I got ready then. Illy, my niece, who was my chief bridesmaid, I'm sure she'll tell you all about. She, um, she was there, my sister, some friends who did my hair and makeup. And, so she didn't make yeah. it to the venue, but she watched it, right? Yeah, so they live streamed. Well, <laughs> I actually got a friend, Ben Pugh, should give him a shout out because he's amazing. His mum also passed of pancreatic cancer um, to come and film it. Wow. And last minute, he just dropped stuff, whatever he had on that Saturday, and came and did a two camera professional film setup. Wow. <laughs> just, just for free, for like, as a favour, which was amazing. Um, his mum had actually passed not long after his wedding day he'd said oh, like 20 God. odd years ago and he did this brilliant setup and came and did the whole thing and then they put a massive telly in my mum's room oh. they decorated the room oh. and my mum and my sister watched it all on a live stream and I gave her a wave like, on the camera and yeah it was so she was there she saw two weddings in a week yeah <laughs> smashed it she got her own personal <laughs> private wedding and then she got to yeah. attend the and she got private event. screening yeah. yeah private screening so you you got married and how long after that did she pass away so she passed away five days later wow. so then she actually kind of went on a bit and actually the day after the wedding I said to Alan I said I think mum will like die tonight today yeah. because I think that's what she's held on for and he went no 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 she'll give it a bit of time because she won't want it, want it to be too close to the wedding day <laughs> <laughs> and he was so right and then yeah because she doesn't want you to be like crashing down straight away yeah she was like you know she'll. And, and, but then Margot's anniversary was on the horizon so I was yeah. kind of going Oh, and I, or I kept thinking, what was if she dies on Margot's birthday, 2nd of July? What if she dies on Margot's anniversary, 3rd of July? Then a part of my brain was like, what does it even matter? Yeah. You know, who cares? Um, 
not who cares, but you know, when you're dealing with that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But she, she, she actually went on the 30th, yeah. Oh, um, of June. So June, yeah. So we were with her in the room. We oh. slept in the hospice the whole time. So we were with her when she died. Um, oh, God. Yeah. And then I bounced straight into Margot's first anniversary, which was just a bit of a blur, to be honest. Um, I mean, yeah. it's so... We've I've talked to people before on this show about pregnancy and grief and, you know, discovering you're pregnant, then losing a parent and how that's intermingled. But for you, that must be such a... Like, you kind of had a year or under a year of grief yeah. for Margot and then you have to deal with yeah. your mum. Yeah. Like, do you feel like... Where are you at in that grief space at the moment, I suppose, is all I can ask. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, I mean, if I'm honest, when my mum got diagnosed, I just thought, oh, I just want to die. Yeah. I did. I felt like, and you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that. I, I felt like that after Margot died as well. I remember after Margot died, sat sat about, I don't know, a week after she died, thinking, uh, uh, trigger warning <laughs> here, but like, I remember thinking, okay, I either kill myself or I keep going. Yeah. I remember having a really direct word myself again. I I either choose not to be here or I choose to be here. What are you going to do? And I thought, I'm going to choose to be here. And I remember making an active decision then to continue yeah. living. And I felt like that with my mum. But my mum, I just felt like I was so angry. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still really angry. Of I'm course, like, of course. How can this happen in the same year? Yeah. Like, fuck off, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, fuck yes, you. fuck off. And, and I just... That anger's really hard, I think, yeah. but there isn't, I don't wish it on anyone, you know, it's not like I go, but I'm the only one of my kind of close friendship group to have experienced either of these losses. And yeah. I'm like, statistically, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, actually, I have had a friend who's lost, lost, lost a child, I should say that. Um, but like in terms of the two together. And I think that like, I just kind of, yeah, I, I, I think where I am now is, I mean, I'm also pregnant again. Yes, we should. I don't yeah. know if you want to say that. Yeah, so you are <laughs> Just pregnant. to throw in another cheeky. Your yeah. second pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, so I'm four months pregnant. So I was actually, weirdly, you know you count your pregnancy from the first day of your last period. Yeah. That was the 3rd of July, which is Margot's anniversary. I know. How weird is that? Oh, Spooky. I kind of like that. I like that. That's like, I quite yeah. liked it, yeah. So I'm, I got pregnant very shortly after my mum died. Which is kind of was hard in itself because I just wanted to tell my mum and oh. talk to her, you know, because she's yeah. my best friend. And but I think I kind of go, well, I've got something else to, I've got to look after now, not just myself, and that yeah. is a positive thing. So yeah, it's up and down, isn't it? You know, some days are unbearable, and some some moments are unbearable. And then weirdly, the, by the afternoon, I'm like, okay, I can, I can go to that meeting at work, and yeah. I'll be fine. And I went back to work very quickly after both losses. Which is just the way my brain works. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. That felt right, and my team are brilliant, and and that kind of felt right. But I, I, yeah, it's it's hard. It's exhausting. That's mm. the main thing. Grief in itself, just isolated one person grief, yeah. <laughs> is exhausting. Yeah. Being pregnant is yeah, exhausting. Yeah, so for yeah. what you've said, I like, yeah, it's it's such a lot. And I remember, you know, like I said, we were emailing about talking about Margot, and then when you emailed me about your mum, I was like, oh. Fuck. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. that's how I felt. Oh, I found fucking it, yeah. hell. And I remember saying to you, like, just like, yeah, park this. Like, you go through this. And obviously, hoping and praying that it would be a longer journey. Yeah, but knowing yeah. my experience as yeah, well, my dad going yellow yeah. in the February, dead by yeah, the April. Yeah. And just thinking, oh, I hope maybe, maybe it'll be a bit longer. Because, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised you're furious. It's yeah. infuriating to have to carry that much yeah 
And it's it's just all this is the thing about grief, which the more I talk about, it, the more I just think it isn't one thing. It's just lots of things at the same time, and yeah. you're having to carry them all, and so your arms get fucking exhausted. <laughs> so I'm really swearing because I feel like this episode deserves yeah a lot of swearing before the child comes in. <laughs> yeah, 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 before the child comes in. Thank you for my <laughs> don't worry, she hears it all. And like to to have to carry that, and obviously the the brilliance. How wonderful! Congratulations that you're pregnant yeah. again. But it is it's, it's anxious. It's not it, any, isn't it? No. I mean, it's like when I found. I mean, every time, if I'm honest, I go and you know, different people might feel different in their. I don't know, but I definitely go into every scan, going, "It's dead, it's dead, yeah. it's dead, it's dead, it's dead." And they go, "There's a heartbeat." I go, "Oh, okay," and I feel relieved for about twenty four hours, and yeah. then I spend the rest of the time in between those scans, going, "It's dead, it's dead, it's dead, it's dead," and it's protective, probably. And, but I find the language on it very hard. Like I went to a pregnancy yoga class last night, which was which is good. But like they're saying stuff like, you know, and in a few months' time you'll have your baby in your arms, and I'm like, hopefully, <laughs> I yeah. can't commit to it. And I was like, it's good. I think that's the right language. You know, we should all just assume that because it, yeah, it's probably quite toxic not to. But it's very very hard to imagine it as a reality. Yeah. I cannot imagine it. And I am delighted and I'm really and I've always wanted to be a mum, like I really have. And Alan's got a son from a, a previous relationship, so so he's a dad already, but like together it was our first Margaret was our first child together and yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's not easy and it's not straightforward and it's um yeah one bit at a time, you know. And I think I think that's perfectly understandable. Yeah. Like once you know something I talked about this with Rob Delaney as well, that when I um, other parents say things to me like, oh, well, you know, when when they're grown up and we're old, and I think, I hope you get old. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I just can't. I'm like, why are you assuming you're going to oh, be there? I had for... a hilarious moment on the train the other day where this, there was a really old lady and the woman who worked on the train said, oh, we've all got to get old, haven't we? And I went, hopefully. <laughs> And then a bit too intensely, and I think she was like, "You're weird." But I was like, "I was like, if, no, I think I think I said, if we're lucky, because yeah. I, like, I just can't." Yeah, the whole concept of all that is very different, and like people, and like you know, Margot had obviously a ridiculous length of life compared yeah. to my mum, but my mum was still only sixty-eight, and, yeah, and you know, obviously your dad was in his forties, wasn't he? And it's 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 just yeah, there's it's all shit, and yeah. and I think like it's that thing of with Margot, it was sudden death. And unexpected with mum, it was it was an anticipatory grief and yeah. all that, and having experienced both very close together, uh, yeah, it's all terrible. Like <laughs> it's all terrible. There's, no, there's 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 pros and cons as a way. Pros being a light word, but like of both really. Yeah. And I think, but they're very different experiences. I'd say. And, um, yeah, and uh, you know, as we say, like each grief is unique, and your relationship to Margot as her mum, yeah, you know, is is a completely unique. Like no one else in the world has that. That's you and Margot's, yeah, yeah. and so that grief. And Philippa Perry said this as well. Like when they they go, that's that relationship. You'll always be missing that bit yes. of relationship. You won't. Yeah. You can't be Margot's mum. Yeah, you know, she's not yeah. there for you to not be way, active yeah. mum. Yeah. But obviously, you will always be her mum. And for your mum to leave you, that's you. You know that relationship and it's that's the thing when you have multiple griefs of like you're dealing with different shapes yeah. of the same thing but all at the same time but all at the same time the so it's not it's like mad, yeah. and it's not like oh well you well you know what you're doing because yeah. you're already grieving yeah. Margot like it's like no it doesn't work like that because yeah. like you said you want your mum there yeah I so do and I, I just miss talking to her so much yeah. and like and also because the time frame was so close but a year on like we've had follow up chats with some of mum's team yeah. that have happened on a similar time frame to when we're having follow up chats with Margot's team oh, and it's God. all just very mixed together in this weird you know, around autumn we had the thing. I mean, mum didn't have a post mortem, but you know, just just various things of that, and and yeah. um and and trying to understand, you know, what happened and yeah. and their journeys, and and also like I think 
I get a lot of I I I just I, it's just my brain, but I just always feel guilty that I and I know yeah I just I still I feel guilty that Margaret mum experienced Margot's grief yeah as well as yeah. her mum I feel responsible for putting that on my family yeah and then and my mum was absolutely devastated like just devastated when Margot died obviously we all were and um and I found that like I find that hard you know to know that at the end part of her life she she was um. Yeah, she was. She was. She experienced a great loss, but I also know she would have absolutely wanted to. She wouldn't have wanted to miss it, (laughs) as it were, because she did meet her and she had another granddaughter, and she was named after her, which was amazing. And and she wanted to be there for me. And I think, in a way, like when I found out I was pregnant again, I thought, oh, I really want. uh, You know, I'd wanted to be pregnant before, and I hadn't been. We hadn't been, you know, successful yet. And then it was a bit of a surprise when I actually was. Classic. Don't try and it happens. And. um, And I thought, but then my sister made a good point of going, but mum would have wanted to be there for you through it. So for her to be dying knowing you were pregnant would have been actually really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know this is not going to be easy for you and I can't be there. Yeah. So, (laughs) silver lining? I (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is it, isn't it? I think the more you walk with grief, the more you just, it's not, it's not anything. It just is grief. Yeah. Like, I think you spend so long with grief, like it, oh, with my dad like oh, it was good he was very active he wouldn't have, wouldn't have liked to have been ill for a long time <laughs> yes yes that's true and then I'm like 20 years down the line I'm like fuck off yeah maybe he wouldn't have liked yeah. it I would have liked yeah. it yeah 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 he would have been annoyed but yeah. we would have got more time and yeah and actually there's just no no winners there's no winners and there's no tr- there's no f- hard truth yeah so we want it like we said we want it to be like it's this and therefore it's this and and it is so sad that your mum had that just, you know, the year before she died, she lost a granddaughter. Yeah. That's a terrible sadness. Yeah. Equally, she would be overjoyed that now you're pregnant yeah. again. And yeah. equally, it's awful that she's not here to celebrate. Like, yeah. all of those, all those things, things exist, exist together. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with grief is it's so hard to hold all those things at the yeah. same time. And like you said, that's why with grief, you're crying one minute, laughing the next, because it is exactly both those things. It's yeah. joyous and shit yeah. at exactly the same time. Yeah, And we we just find that so hard because we convince ourselves that life isn't like that. Like other things <laughs> yeah. aren't like that. But actually like love is like that. Work is like yeah, that. Life yeah. is, oh, that's annoying. Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. but we would like it to be not that because then it would be a bit simpler. We could breathe and we go, yeah. okay. Yeah. The grief, it's just awful. And you're like, well, why am I laughing? Yeah. Like why? Oh, because I had this amazing mum that loved me yeah. so much. And I know... I can think in my head her reaction to everything. Oh, like, and we, we, I mean, like, me and my sister, like, it sounds weird, but me, Helen and Richard had, like, some funny moments in the hospice. Like, yeah. we all gave ourselves assigned roles. Like, my brother was head of tech because he did, like, <laughs> all the kind of, like, iPads, anything to do with moving the bed or, like, anything to do with plugs. Yeah. My sister was head of uh, cocktails because she would do, like, the smoothies or whatever <laughs> mum wanted drinks. So I was head of beverages, I think she was. And I was, um, I was head of tissues because I was like <laughs> organising the tissues that mum needed. And then like when, when mum died, we all sat around mum's bed and we sat there for a little while and um, had a cup of tea and, and my sister said, oh, you know, what happens now? And I was like, well, <laughs> no more way around a, a funeral and a death now after Margot yeah. and, and my mother-in-law and everything. So I was like, well, what happens is, you know, this happens and then they come down and then we get a death certificate and blah, blah, blah. And Helen was like, oh, head of death. <laughs> 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 and you know we like I don't know like that's the thing yeah. you've got to like you've got to and and I think the thing with Margot is like she was out the natural order of things you know yeah. she was a child and and I remember like the hardest memory for me really about Margot is leaving her in the hospital oh, when when God, yeah. when 
um, they said, you know, we need to take her down to the morgue now. And again, I've just given birth to this baby and every bit of me, she should be on, like physically yeah. I felt it. Physically I felt like I was missing something. Yeah. And what me and Alan said is like, and I said this at the funeral, is I feel like when you lose a child, they take a bit of your heart yeah. um, and forever and that will always go and that's as it should be in my head I'm like, as her mum I wanted to have it yeah, <laughs> I wanted to have that yeah. bit of my heart but they also in return they give you a new set of eyes to see the world through and that's what we both felt we both felt like that was the most humbling day of our lives the day she was born like it really was seeing the people the doctors the you know, doctor Alida Gennady should give him a shout out hopefully I said his name right <laughs> at Homerton just amazing and like just just the care and the kind of it really made us go this is what's important in life this is what isn't yeah and you know I don't really want that trade-off I'd like her to be here and have my heart full but I think leaving her just going this just everything felt wrong I was like I can't leave the room like she's she's my child she's meant she's just been inside me you know 24 hours ago and she should still be attached to me in some way that first part and I remember for ages like standing up on the bus or something and feeling like I'd left something behind and then my therapist being like you're missing her your your body's looking for her and it did that for honestly about six months where every time I stood up I thought I've left my bag I've left my something I've left something on the I've left my keys and it was it was her and I'd just wake up in the night and where is she where is she where is she (sighs) well my mum it it wasn't easier. <laughs> it was it was kind no, of harder different. in lots of ways. But there was a thing about going. I knew this day would come. Yeah, that doesn't make it easy, and it shouldn't be coming now. But like, I can make my brain could somehow make some sort of peace with it. Yeah, and leaving her didn't feel like leaving her because I didn't. She wasn't my responsibility. Yeah, Margot is my responsibility and should be with me. Yeah, and my mum, I want with me. You know, I do. I do. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So thank you for joining us, Illy. Are you okay? Yeah. So you've got two lovely hearts on that table that are knitted. There's a blue knitted one that's a bit bigger and a little red knitted one. Would you mind telling me what, what they are? So the blue one is because when my nana died um, in the hospice, they gave us hearts so we can remember and she has one in her coffin. And the little red one is for Margot, and where Almond Street knitted those, um, and Margot's got one too. Oh, that's so nice. I've got a rocket sticker at the end of my bed. Oh, and then do you want to tell us about what the rocket means? So, when Margot died, I drew a rocket, and then Chaz asked me if it was for Margot, and I said yes, and then she... When she was getting driven to Great Ormond Street, she was in like a little blue cot, and so the rocket kind of became her symbol. Yeah, it looked like a rocket, didn't it? The the incubator looked like a rocket, oh, and yeah. then I told Illy this, and then she'd drawn a rocket, which is this is the original drawing. Oh, it's beautiful, Illy! Wow, look at all those flames at the bottom going, making it go really fast as well. <laughs> and we gave them out at the funeral, didn't we? Yeah. And I also drew a wedding rocket for when my auntie and my uncle got married. Oh, yeah. Oh, we well. did our wedding invite, didn't you? <laughs> a wedding rocket. Well, what better way to get to a wedding than a rocket? That's amazing. <laughs> so has the rocket become a symbol? Is that why you've got a rocket tattoo I've that I saw there? I've got a rocket rocket earrings. You've got a rocket jumper. <laughs> it's become a bit of a symbol, hadn't it? And at the wedding we had rocket ice lollies, didn't we? Oh, yeah. nice. Because Illy was a chief bridesmaid at the wedding. So. Yeah. And what do you remember about Margot, Illy? So you remember your... Um, do you remember your auntie being pregnant? Yeah. Because once we went to a restaurant um, and uh, I got to see Margot there. Yeah. yeah. I went to the toilet, didn't I? Do you we went to the toilet together and I was wearing a jumpsuit. <laughs> And so when I pulled my jumpsuit down, Ellie went, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Did you see her big tummy? I was massive then, wasn't I? I was yeah. overdue. Oh, wow. And you spoke to her, do you remember you spoke to her about her, told her to come out, she was taking a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and she was my only girl cousin, because mm. all the others are boys. Oh, yeah, it's nice to have a, a girl cousin, isn't it, if you've got all yeah. boys, yeah. So what happened when, to Margot? Do you remember what... They told you? Uh, my mummy said when she was coming out, she swallowed her poo, I think. And then she came out and she was really ill. And what did you think when they told you that Margot had died? How did you feel? Um, I felt really upset because um, I was really looking forward to meeting her and like seeing her. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really sad, isn't it, that she died? It's a very sad thing. That's why we remember her with the rockets, so that we can keep her with us, isn't it? And did you have questions about um, Margot? Were you confused about what happened? Or you yeah. did you laughing? I had lots and lots of questions. Yeah, it's good, it's all right to have questions. What sort of questions did you have? Um, I asked her, like, what time she was born. <laughs> like, did... And then one of the things I asked her, because 
pasta is my favourite food. Um, one thing I asked Chaz is, did Margot get a chance to have, eat pasta? And Chaz said no. That's really sad, isn't it? Because you love pasta loads and loads. <laughs> yeah, because my dad's half Italian. Oh, wow. So you, you get good pasta then? Yeah. Yeah, that is sad that Margot didn't get a chance to taste the really good pasta. And I'd like it. If she had to pasta, I'd like it to be being carbonara because that's my favourite. <laughs> yeah, you did say that actually. You said not even a carbonara, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah well, I feel, uh, yeah, that is that's what right. Was, do you remember what you said to me in the what you said to me in the cafe when we came here, which I forgot you'd said. Oh, uh, if it was worth it, like yeah. You asked me, yeah. You said, didn't you? Tuss, was it worth it, even though Margot died? Yeah. What did I say? You said yes. <laughs> What do you think? What do you think about it? I think it? it was worth it. Yeah. 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 Even though she died and it's sad, it's still she was still lived, didn't she? Yeah. So it's still important that we remember her. Mm-hmm. So it can be both things, can't it? But yeah. it's hard sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If I want to talk to her, usually I'll talk to the sticker. Yeah, that's nice. So, so you can still talk to her even though she's not here. I'll tell her like, oh, I've got a new friend or like. Maths was really fun today, even though I hate maths. <laughs> and, um, I had my first ever trumpet lesson or something like that. Oh, wow. So she's getting to hear about everything you're doing. Yeah. I think one of the things I also asked was what happens to her once the coffin's burnt. Yeah. I think one of yeah. the things. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair question. I think lots of people wonder that. What did you tell her, Chas? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I think I said it sort of go, they go into ashes. Their body turns yeah, into ashes. Yeah, I think you said it went into ashes and then you're going to sprinkle it in a special place. Yeah, though actually we've kept them at home now, haven't we? Yeah. She lives at home at the minute in, mm. in her memory box. We did a run for Great Almond Street a few weeks ago oh. and it was in High Park and on the back of our T-shirts I drew um, some rock, some pictures with baby Margot in the middle and oh. Team Margot on it. Oh, and Team Margot. We had them pinned to our back. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. And they had flamingos on, didn't they? Because she was on the flamingo ward. Yeah. So Illy's really good at drawing flamingos. And, I, and you wrote a letter to her. I brought a letter. Did I? Yeah, do you remember this? I don't remember this. Do you want to read it? Or you can just look at it if you want. So this was a year ago and a lot's happened in a child. I never realised that my handwriting was so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you were much younger. This was younger. a year ago, you were only yeah. six. Do you want me to read it? Alright. Yes. So it says, Dear Margot, we are all going to miss you lots. I want you to know we love you. You make me feel happy every cold day. <laughs> Your mum and dad are very, very sad. We all love you lots. From Illy. Oh, that's really lovely. What a nice letter. So that sits in her memory box at yeah. home. When did you write that, Ellie? Was it just after she died? Oh, well, I think it was like a few weeks after. Yeah. Was it a bit confusing when it happened? But, yeah, because I didn't really know what's going on because nothing like that had really happened before. Because mm. at school, no one really thinks about it as like serious. Everyone, because like all the boys are just playing playing games, pretending to shoot each other with guns and stuff. <laughs> so it's just kind of a bit weird that it actually did happen. Yeah, it's like almost like something you might see on a film or on telly, but not, or you might pretend it in the playground, right? Yeah. But to actually know that you knew someone who died can be a bit tricky, can't it? But you always tell people about Margot, don't you? Like, yeah. Billy goes, she's my cousin, and that's what is lovely, isn't it? Is that you don't, because I was saying to Cariad that sometimes adults 
don't talk to me about Margot because they don't know what to say because they feel a bit awkward. But what's so nice about about you is that you talk about Margot all the time and you'll tell, you'll say, yeah, Margot's my cousin. Um, also, once my best friend Betty, um, I asked her if I could talk to her about Margot after she died. And I said, oh, only five minutes and our break was 15 minutes. And I ended up talking to her for the whole plate time instead of five minutes. About Margot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice you got someone else that you can talk to about yeah. her as well. As well I didn't realise that I actually knew so much about Margot until I actually talked about her. <laughs> <laughs> what were you telling her about it? I don't know. I think I told her that she died and something else and something else. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Well, you probably know a lot about Margot, don't you? Because you were there when she was alive. Yeah, you've been I, there for this whole time after. I never got to meet her, but I did. Yeah. I, I did see her on photographs and things. Yeah, my mum and dad went to visit her, but yeah, and even though you didn't meet her, she still was your cousin, wasn't she? Yeah, that, that's always going to be true. And, and then you recently it. lost your nana as well, didn't you? Yeah, I'm very sorry about that. That's um, really sad. Yeah. She had periodic cancer, and I think she was 68. Yeah. Did you get a chance to see her in the hospital? Um, yeah, I did once, because when um, it, my auntie got married, we went round to show our bridesmaid dresses, and, <gasps> um, and Nana, like, we thought she could come, but then she couldn't, so so she stayed at the hospice and watched with the TV. My mum stayed with her, and then my mum came for a, the party. Oh, nice. Stayed with her for the ceremony. She came for the dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you feel about Nana now? Do you talk to her? Um. Well, usually I can get my heart and talk to her through that. Yeah. Or, like, when I'm doing my homework and there's a difficult sum, sometimes I try to ask them the answer to it. <laughs> no, I was no good at maths, so. Is she? No, she was rubbish at maths. Well, she was I'm good at English. At maths. Yeah, don't ask her for the answers. <laughs> well, I'm not rubbish at maths. She might like that you're asking her. She'd try. Or she, yeah, or she might say, oh, go on, Ills, you can do it. Give you a bit of encouragement. Yeah, she would, mm. It's nice that you've got the heart then. Is that really important yeah. to you, do you think? That um, I keep it on my shelf because I found out that if I cuddle it, it gets a bit dirty. Yeah. Sometimes I get ill, it gets lost under the covers. <laughs> yeah, mm. you've got to be careful. We were talking on the way here, weren't we, about what Nana was like. Were we? And so she was very silly. Oh <laughs> was she very silly? I thought she was silly. Did you not think she was silly? I thought uh, she was, she was fun. Fun, yeah. Did okay. she make you laugh, Illy? Well, there's one time um, where we were playing charades and <laughs> my grandma did an impression of a duck and it took us like 20 minutes to guess it and in the end we just had to get her to tell us and it was like, we were like, uh, a whale, um, uh, a humpback whale, um, a cat, a dog, and we couldn't guess it. And it took us ages, and Nana was like, it's so obvious, it's a duck. And we were like, how was that meant to be a duck? <laughs> she was like, it's obvious. <laughs> and it was not obvious. She needed to work on the duck impression. Yeah. She? yeah. A bit more practice on that. It looked yeah. like she was trying to like dig a hole under the ground with her <laughs> belly I can imagine that actually, yeah. I don't think I'm and we talked a bit didn't we about like well you've got a theory about the cloud world yeah so I believe when people go up into the sky 
um, all the kind people go to um, bright clouds and all the bad people go to the dark clouds. And um, I think Nana, because also my great-grandma died when I was little, and um, I believe, like... So when Margot went up there because... Um, my great grandma didn't know about her. I think all the babies go to an orphanage until someone they know and comes up and takes oh, them to yeah. the house. So I think Nana went up to get Margot and then they've gone to live in my great grandma's house. Oh, that's nice. So Margot would have been waiting for a little bit and yeah. then your Nana would have come up and said, I'm here with my great duck impression. <laughs> <laughs> and Margot would have said, is it a whale? Is it a humpback whale? And your nana would have said, it's a duck. Because <laughs> she probably thinks she would have got better at the duck impression when she went to the clouds. Um, not really. I <laughs> 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 don't think she had time to practice. Yeah, poor Margot. We bet she was guessing for ages. <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes. <laughs> at Half least, at least 30 minutes. That's a lovely thought that... Um, that Margot was waiting for your nana up there and then they're together yeah. with your great-grandma as well. Yeah. So you think that? Also, um, there's one memory that I, I don't know why, but I can't get out of my head. So when I was, like, five and I used to like Frozen, my grandma would buy me these Olaf ice lollies and they were, like, two scoops of vanilla and some chocolate hands and stuff. Yeah. And they were Olaf. And um, my grandma used to pretend she was going to eat mine and... Um, I just really enjoyed them. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what. That's really she nice. She liked buying things for you, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. that's what grandmas do. Yeah, like, like of, buying things. Lots of gimmicky yeah. things as well. Yeah. Have you got something that she gave you that you that you keep with you as um, well? Oh, there's these net. I, I've so I have an old sunglasses box, and I put like memories of Nana in there. Maybe in a letter. So it's quite. It's a private thing, and I don't like letter to her, a picture of her and um, I've got a necklace with a gold chain and like um, a bit of a, like a semi a third of a circle on it and it's got Alyssa's name on it and um, Chaz has got one with her name on it and mummy has got one with her name on it if you put them all together it makes a circle oh that's lovely mm. Auntie it? Frankie got us that didn't she in the hospice she? yeah Auntie Frankie bought them for me Nana and mummy that's a really special thing. So you're going to keep that yeah. so you can remember her. Yeah. And did, did you have a funeral? Is she buried? Her mum was cremated. cremated. Um, yeah, so we did have a funeral. So you didn't come to Margot's yeah. funeral, did you? But you came no. to the party. The I came to the party. Margot's party, to call it. And because we handed out these rocket cards, so lots of people, when Illy came into the funeral, went, oh, are you... Are you, are you the girl that drew the rocket? <laughs> it's like you were famous, wasn't it? Rocket you were girl. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you came to Nana's funeral, didn't you? Yeah, because Margot's one was a bit too upsetting, so yeah. I went to. Well, it was the first one as well. Yeah, you went to Nana's. You wanted to go to Nana's, didn't you? Yeah, because I wanted to say goodbye. Yeah. And at the end, all the family got to go up and touch Nana's coffin. And then we went outside and had a party. That's and my nice. brother, literally, in the first two minutes, he was like, Mummy, can I go outside now? <laughs> <laughs> so my yes. grandma had to take him out. Um, my other step-grandma had to just take him out. And they just made a massive collection of pine cones. And <laughs> then. Yeah, he's a bit littler than yeah. you, isn't he? So it is tricky to sit still for that, for that time, isn't it? Yeah. And was it sad at the funeral? Did you find it hard? Or uh, did, were you glad you were there? He, I was glad I was there, but at the same time, I was really upset. Yeah, it's really and sad. And also, when 
my grandma was in the hospice, uh, my dad recorded me reading Harry Potter, the first one, and then she could listen to that. Oh, Illy, that's Mm. so amazing. What a lovely thing for her to listen to. At the end of my mum's speech in the funeral, she added a bit of Harry Potter. The first, the end, near the end of the Harry Potter bit, and it's like Dumbledore saying to Harry, like, your mother died to save you, Harry, and like. Because she loved you, isn't it? It's like yeah. about mother, a mother's love. Yeah. That's really Yeah, we listen nice. to that every night in the hospice, and she'd often get, Nana would often go, Illy. <laughs> As in, Illy, we call like, put it on, and we'd all sit and listen to it together. Oh, that's so nice. And at the end of it, do you remember what he said at the end of every bit? Uh. I love you, Nana, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It was like a little pause to it. The, I love you, Nana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must have made her feel really lovely in the hospice to have that. It did, yeah. To remember, because I bet she loved you so much. I bet she was oh, very she was obsessed. keen on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obsessed. I'd, we'd, I'd ring mum for a call and then the face, I could hear the, the iPad going in yeah. the background. I'd go, she'd go, oh, oh. Oh, I get mum. Do you want to go and FaceTime the kids? Yeah. <laughs> we were bumped off as soon as this one came along. She was like, oh, yeah, but Illy's FaceTiming, so I'm going to have to go. Bye. <laughs> Didn't she? She loved you loads. No, that's really nice. That's really lovely that she loved you that much. And it's really sad that she's not here, but at least you can remember all that lovely love that she gave you yeah. and have your memory box and your woolen heart. And it's really sad that Margot's not here as well, but we can remember her, yeah. can't we? Remember both of them. Yeah, yeah, it's important so we don't we don't forget them because sometimes the world makes us feel like we need to forget them. They don't ask questions, so I think Mm. it's lovely that you're still talking about them, and but only when you want to, obviously, because sometimes you just want a day of not feeling like crying. (laughs) Sometimes you don't want to be sad, and that's okay too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we'll have funny conversations about them, won't we? As well, it's like sort of about what we think they're doing up there together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, they're doing this now. And and also now you're going to have a new baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah are you excited baby. about that? Yeah. Yeah, but you are hoping for a, a girl cousin. Yes. <laughs> oh, pressure. The pressure's on for Chaz. If it's a boy cousin, will you will you still love it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but mm, maybe not so much as I'd love a girl. <laughs> <laughs> What a kid, she's amazing. I know. I just love talking to her, but I think she's, yeah, I mean, yeah. The rocket thing is so, I mean, I was, you know, I didn't want to bore my eyes out in front of her, but it's very, <laughs> so what happened? She drew this rocket and just said. Actually, yeah, there's a bit more of a story with that. So there's, they're called baby pods and, and she was putting them and then she was, she had all these wires coming out of her head and she was putting an angle in the ambulance. And I said, it looked like she was in a little rocket and she yeah. was an astronaut. And so Illy then went upstairs and because I was crying, I, I'd been downstairs. And me and Hel, like my sister has always like, it's fine to cry in front of the kids because yeah. it's really sad. I don't want to be like going to a yeah, room yeah, and cry yeah, now and yeah. don't tell them you're sad about your daughter and so we were crying outside in the garden and she just came out and went and oh, Charles I've drawn this and she drew the rocket and um and I just loved it and 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 then so then it's kind of snowballed this yeah, rocket yeah. so so I made these stickers for the funeral and then there's a little card I brought you one oh. um which has got a picture of Margot in and on the back we wrote if you if I only lived a day I would dot 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 and got everyone to fill it out as like a memento of like if you only had a day like Margot had how would you spend it what's important to you in life Um, and put the rocket on which was nice to have something like buy a child at a child's funeral you know it kind of made it more I didn't want to do an order service I don't know it felt weird and also I wasn't really in the headspace too but then um, I tweeted about the rocket 
And the company that made the baby pod contacted me and said, oh, like, this is amazing. And then they they framed a picture of it and put it in their actual workshop where they make the actual rockets. Oh, oh my <laughs> I know, God. which is amazing. It's called AHT. And then... Um, yeah, and they've so they've put up Illy's rocket in their workshop, and it's sort of become this symbol wow. of Margot and and I think because obviously you know she drew it and there's yeah, so, there's like so beautiful about that. There aren't really words, are there? Of just like a baby in a rocket, like that's what yeah. we're trying to yeah. do. We're trying to send yeah. them somewhere really. Yeah, and we safe had Rocket Man at her funeral. We played oh. Rocket Man at her funeral, and. Yeah, and, it, and like I say, I've got a rocket tattoo. Alan got a rocket tattoo. His rocket tattoo is actually really big, and it's and it's of the drawing. It's got the oh, colours of. Wow. So Illy thinks it's really cool that Uncle Alan's got her <laughs> actual drawing on his back. She's a published artist. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. seven years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. And um, and it's just kind of become a. It's nice to have a symbol. And rockets are everywhere at the minute. We like yeah. kids' clothes. They're everywhere. So like, I know she was wearing a rocket jumper then. So it's quite nice that like, whenever anyone sees a rocket or hears Rocket Man, they think yeah. they always text me and say, "I'm just thinking of Margot." And, Oh, Charlotte, thank you so much for coming to talk to me about Margot and your mum. And I know you mentioned your mother-in-law as well and your auntie as well. And I know we didn't get a chance to speak about them as well, but I'm staggered from what you've been through. And I know it, it always seems like a trite thing to say, but the fact that you are handling it the way you are and that you've made that choice to live and be here, I'm very, very glad. Thank you. Oh, good. Can I give one shout out yeah, to yeah. some babies? Yeah. Which is some babies who... So I've had friends who've lost children um, and also since losing Margot met some other friends who've lost babies. So I just wanted to say their names. Yeah, that's okay do. as well, which is Luna Ben, Chloe Kelly, Ted Robson and Charlie Rendell. And they're Margot's friends, in this, <laughs> wherever she is. Thank you so much to Charlotte and to Illy for coming in to speak to me and Illy's mum as well, who was there on the day. Um, I'm just going to say, I said at the beginning, but they have an amazing fund you can donate to. It is the Margot Alicia Bennett Brighter Future Fund. They set up to raise money for Great Ormond Street Hospital after Margot died. So the link to that is www.justgiving.com forward slash team forward slash Margot, M-A-R-G-O-T. Please do donate to that. Obviously, Great Ormond Street is an incredible, incredible hospital and does amazing work in this country as well. A huge thank you to Charlotte and Lily for coming in to share their story. You can follow Charlotte's Theatre Company on Twitter at Payne's Plough. That's P-A-I-N-E-S. P-L-O-U-G-H. You can also follow Charlotte on Twitter at Char Bennett, C-H-A-R-R-R, Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast. The show was recorded at Whistledown Studios. Thank you, Whistledown, as ever, for your support and help. It was edited by Kate Holland. The music was provided by The Glue Ensemble. I think that's everything I need to tell you. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this really, really special episode. I hope you enjoyed it, found it helpful. We never have the right word, do we? But enjoy, if you know what I mean. And remember, you are not alone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm. 